It is through Jesus that God gives reconciliation to the whole world. Now we are a new creation and called to be God's ambassadors of righteousness. A reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. From now on, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Psalm 32 on page 2 of the booklet. Happy are they... The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything he had, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. 
But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hands have hired hands have bread enough and to spare? And here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you. I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be seated, please. I want you to take a minute, um, think through this story again, and identify a time in your life, if you can, when you have been the younger son. Identify a time when you have squandered someone's trust in you and have had to come back and make it up. Now take a minute and think about a time when you have had the role of the older son, um, when you have had your sense of justice outraged at somebody else getting off the hook. Now take a minute and find a time in your life when you've been in the father's role when you have had to welcome back somebody who has squandered your trust. Show of hands, how many people found it easy to put themselves in the role of the younger son? Show of hands, how many people the older son? That's about right. How many people the father? Good, okay, good. So we, we've got some thinking going on. This story is about more than just fathers and sons and brothers. The church at the time was struggling to include Greeks. It had been up until this moment Gentiles, I mean uh, Jews only, and now all of a sudden there were Gentiles who were being converted and coming in and the Jewish Christians were saying, what are those people doing in my church? And so... The storyteller tells this story. Now, Luke is a very good storyteller. Throughout Israel's history, they've seen themselves as the younger brother. 
You remember the story of Jacob and Esau. Esau is born first. Jacob gets the name Israel. He has to struggle with his son. He cheats his, his brother out of his birthright and steals from him. He cheats Laban out of all of his sheep. Um, David is the youngest of all of his brothers and becomes king. Solomon. So the Jews are used to hearing themselves as the younger brother. And this storyteller tells the story so that the Greeks are the younger brother. And he's saying to the Jews in his audience, put yourself in their shoes. You know what this is like. We know it's about Jews and Greeks because when the older brother comes in out of the field, what he hears going on in the, in the house is, our translation said, songs and dances. It says symphonies and choruses in the Greek which is the music that went with comedies and tragedies, Greek comedies and tragedies. So it's the older brother, the Jewish Christian, standing outside and saying, how did those people get into my church? What I love about this story is that it's unresolved. We get to the end of the story and we don't know if the older brother is going to come into the house or not. So having identified in your mind times when you were in each of those roles, think about what it would be like the next day. After the party is over, what does the younger brother say to his older brother? How does he go about working out the friction between them? What does the older brother say to his younger brother? What does the younger brother say to his father? The older brother say to his father. The storyteller tells this very well. The older brother is in an absolutely untenable position. The younger brother has shamed his father by treating him as if he were dead. Give me the property now. I don't want to wait till you die. Give it to me now. So he shamed his father. He comes back. The father foregoes the shame and welcomes him back. And the elder brother is standing there. If he comes into the party, he shames himself because he hasn't treated his father as if he's dead. If he stays outside of the party, he shames his father. So it's a no-win situation. What is he going to do? What are we going to say? How do we work those things out? The reading that we heard from the epistle to, of, to the Corinthians, Paul says, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. It's ours. How do we get ready for that? I'm going to tell a story. Um, you, some of you have heard this story before because it's one of my favorites. One of the summers that I was in divinity school, I volunteered at a, a senior drop-in center in the basement of the church I attended. None of our old people came to it. It was all people from the Catholic church around the corner. And it was mostly all women. Um, and there were Irish Catholic women and Italian Catholic women who came. There were about 20, 10 of each. And they would sit on opposite sides of the room and gossip about each other. They hated each other. The Irish would talk about the Italian, and the Italian would talk about the Irish, and they just hated each other. There was one old woman, Catherine, who thought the whole thing was just silly. She was Italian um, and, and would talk to anybody. She would get up from her side of the room and go over to the Irish side of the room, and boy, you just didn't do that. But the one thing that they were agreed on was that they hated the Central Americans who were coming into their parish and taking over. There was a Spanish mass on Saturday evening for crying out loud, and um, people were having, you know, meatless Spanish dinners during Lent, and what are those people 
doing in our church. Catherine died the summer that I was um, volunteering there, and I went to her visitation, picked up one of the prayer cards, and turned it over and looked at her birth date and realized that she was 98 years old. She didn't look over 75, but 98 years old. And when I was talking to family there, she had died of a heart attack on the subway platform on her way to Suffolk University to Spanish class. If those Central Americans were going to come into the church, by golly, she was going to be able to understand that Saturday afternoon Mass. She was learning Spanish. The Ministry of Reconciliation has been given to us. What does it take? What would it take for us to reconcile those brothers in that story? What would it take for us to reconcile those people, whoever they are, who have come into our church? We did it with the OASIS process. We thought that through and thought, what do we need to know? What do we need to do? We did it before we knew anybody gay in the church. What would it take? What would it take for us to reconcile people of different races? What would it take for us to reconcile people of different languages? What would we have to do? It can be very, very simple. It can be Catherine going to an introductory Spanish class. Not that she was ever going to learn enough Spanish in her life to, you know, carry on with these people. But they got it. They knew that she was learning Spanish. Wow, that says something really, really welcoming. What would it take for us? The Ministry of Reconciliation has been given to us to end that story. Does the elder brother come in or not? The storyteller leaves it unresolved so that we can write the ending. Amen.